Hello! Welcome to What's What with Klutz. I'm Kelly, your host, aka Coach Klutz. I'm a USCA certified running and ultra running coach and certified strength and conditioning specialist. So basically, I love running and strength training. And this podcast will be mostly about those two topics, but with some other topics sprinkled in there. And with that, let's get into today's episode. Hello and welcome back to another episode. It's been a while, um, but if you listen to my last episode, then you know I was away because I was getting married and now I am officially married, um, which is really exciting. And thank you to everyone who has reached out about my last episode about anxiety. I've gotten some great feedback and especially about the trail running part. Um, So, If you want to hear more about that or a follow-up, because one of my anxieties had to do with the wedding, so if you want to hear about the wedding and everything, let me know and I'll record its own episode for that. Um, So if that's of interest to you, just send me a message on Instagram at coachingklutz or an email at kelly at coachingklutz.com and I'll record that later. But today, I have a special treat for you all. So if you don't follow Chelsea... Uh, I know I've talked about her on the podcast before because I went through her program Ignite to set up my business and everything. Basically, I wouldn't be a coach and I wouldn't have this podcast if it weren't for her. So she's amazing. Her Instagram is ladybeta.coaching. And if you don't listen to her podcast, then you probably missed our episode together. So episode 62, I believe it was, Chelsea had me on and we talked about the parallels between running and climbing, how they can go together, and some myths about the two of them. Uh, Since I am a runner and climber, I've heard a lot that in order to be a good climber, I can't run. In order to be a good runner, I can't climb. Um, Things of that nature. And I'm not trying to be the best at either, so those statements aren't true for me. (laughs) And I just want to talk about it a little more. But first... I'm going to have our conversation on this podcast so that you can hear Chelsea interviewing me, which is a really great experience and big thanks to her for having me on. And then after this, I'm going to record a follow-up conversation just with me answering any questions about running and climbing that stem off of this conversation. So if after you listen to this, you have some questions, send them over to me, a DM, on Instagram at coachingklutz or an email kelly at coachingklutz.com. And if you already follow me, I'll be having polls throughout the week to get gather all the questions. And yeah, then the next episode, I'll be addressing those and just talking a little bit more about my experience training for running and climbing at the same time, how they go together, some example training weeks, um, and just answering anything you have. So without further ado, enjoy this conversation I had with Chelsea. Hello, welcome back to the podcast. Today I have Kelly with me. Kelly has been a client of mine for quite a few months now. I am so excited because today we're going to be talking about running and climbing. So two things that historically people don't think go really well together, but Kelly is both a runner and a climber. She's also a running coach. So we're going to do a little bit of myth busting today. We're also going to be talking about the parallels between climbing and running. So Kelly, go ahead and introduce yourself to my audience. 
Hi, Chelsea. Thank you so much for having me here today. Uh, so like you said, I am a runner and a climber. So I'm also a running coach and strength coach um, and a data scientist by day. I guess I should mention that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I specialize in training women for their first 50K. That's my favorite type of person to train. Um, and I've had many successful clients so far this year. So super exciting. And a lot of them are climbers too. So perfect for our combo. Yes, it is totally. And you just ran, I believe a 50 K yourself as well. You've done, I think numerous at this point, but for me, I'm, we were talking about this before, but I will never not be impressed at that. Like for me, in my mind, I'm like, that is so many miles. So first of all, I need to know, like, how did you get into let's, I mean, just running in the first place and then longer distance running. Yeah. So I actually just wrote a blog about this. Um, so <laughs> I have my outline in my head still. Um, I started running. I randomly decided to run a half marathon in college because I didn't know anyone who had ever done it. And I thought it'd be really cool if I did it. So randomly did that. And then I walked onto the cross country team because I just fell in love with running so much and ended up running two years there. So then I moved out here for grad school, discovered trail running naturally. I'm in Colorado. I guess I should mention that too. <laughs> so lots of good trails. And then I discovered this YouTube channel called The Ginger Runner. And yeah, he basically makes films about ultra runners. Oh. And yeah, I didn't have any work to do at my new job. So I just watched YouTube for a month straight. <laughs> And got really inspired. And I was like, maybe I should sign up for a 50K. And then I did. <laughs> That's impressive. Like literally your execution. Like I feel like for me, I'm like, oh yeah, we'll like think about that like years down the line in the future. So, okay. What was your training process like for that first 50K that you signed up for? Was it pretty brutal? Was it what you were expecting? Um, it was definitely brutal. So I got the book training for your first ultra, I think it's called and followed the plan in there. Um, and the hardest part is the back to back runs because in one weekend you'll do like my longest run ended up being 20 miles one day and then 12 the next. So 32 miles in a weekend. <laughs> um, so starting out training, isn't that bad because you're building up your base, you know, and you're getting up to like 20, 30 miles a week. So it was pretty sustainable, especially with climbing. And then once I started doing the long trail runs on the weekends, climbing had to cut back a lot. And I just kind of went balls to the wall with trail running. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It really is kind of like turning the dial up on one and turning the dial on like down on another, because it's so hard, I think, to perform at your top for both of them. So for you, it was kind of like, okay, I'm just going to prioritize the running right now and climbing can take a bit of a backseat. What was your return to climbing like after that? Cool. So funny story after my first 50 K the next day I felt fine, which was really exciting, which means I trained well. <laughs> And then the day after that was Memorial Day. So I had off work and I didn't really know what to do. And I felt totally fine. So I went climbing <laughs> and then ended up hurting myself. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm fine. Yeah. I feel great. Don't worry. Yeah. So yeah, good. it was, I, we still don't really know what happened. I think my muscles were just overused and I like hopped off the wall and I was like, oh, that felt weird. <laughs> mm -hmm. So then I was hurt for like 
three weeks ish. And then going back to climbing, I basically stopped running after that. So it was all climbing at this point. And I remember that's when I first went out to Lincoln Lake in the Alpine here in Colorado. And then that summer I was really into Alpine bouldering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably hard so. not to get into it at that point. Cause yeah, I've heard it's like really good. It looks really fun as well, yeah. but I think, you know, with you, like kind of like, we'll, we'll call it like rushing back into it, like being like, <laughs> Oh, I'm fine. This is great. And you said a lot of your clients are also climbers. Like that's mm-hmm. where it really is helpful to have a coach and have that outside perspective of somebody that's like, actually I've been there before. You might feel fine, but let's just take a little bit extra time or maybe, you know, like, okay, we'll have you return to the gym, but we're really going to like, take it easy. We're going to like slowly get you back into it because even though you might feel fine, like I'm sure if you were to look at some of your stats, like your recovery actually like you probably would have been very clearly able to see like okay maybe I'm not fine and then kind of like put the brakes on yourself a little bit yeah definitely so for my runner climbers this year who did a 50k I didn't let them do anything until so if they had a race on Saturday I didn't let them do anything until at least Wednesday so they were forced to have that many rest days in a row right which I think really helps and focusing on eating enough in that time because you know, a 50 K takes anywhere from like seven to 11 hours, depending on the course and your pace. So mm-hmm. yep, your and body's breaking down. Yeah, exactly. And you have like <laughs> elevation gain in there too. And yeah, that's, mm-hmm. it's, there's a lot within there. So let's talk about some of the parallels between climbing and running that you find. I'll say for me, um, I run a couple of times a week, just, I mean, honestly, it's for mental health purposes. We're going to call it that. Like, I know for me, I'm not doing the type of running that's actually going to like benefit my climbing. Sometimes I'll do sprints, which I find mm-hmm. to be actually very beneficial for the fast twitch muscle fibers. Um, and for me, it teaches me how to try like fucking hard but when I do some of like and I'm saying my longer distances are six miles so you know keep that <laughs> in perspective but it literally like for me the the mindset aspect of like just keep going just keep going like for me that's very similar with climbing um what do you find some of those parallels to be for yourself yeah so that's one of the huge one because especially in ultra running uh if you ask anyone they'll say like the second half of the race is all mental which I found totally true this year. (laughs) Um, So yeah, just like building that mental toughness is needed for both sports. And I think both sports are unique in that they're individual sports. So like you're pushing yourself to either run really far or climb really hard, but both also have this massive community aspect of support, which is really cool. Um, But I do find that between the two, so like I'm in both, but I also don't feel like I'm in either, if that makes sense. Right. You're kind of um, like the Venn diagram in the middle. You're like, uh, you're like, yeah, being tugged both ways. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, if you go into the climbing community, I mean, obviously this isn't every climber, but a lot of climbers, it's like, all I do is climb. All I can talk about is climbing. And then same with ultra runners and then being in the middle, it's like, I don't know where I belong. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. It can be hard sometimes too, like that identity piece and like being excited about something too. And like having your friends understand that like, oh, it's not that she's not a climber anymore. It's that she just wants to like go do this other thing for a period of time. And then like, she'll be back when she wants to be back. Yeah. And that brings up another parallel that I thought of yesterday, actually. So running and climbing, we can do year round. There's no 
there aren't really seasons unless we put them in place, unless like you're doing track and field and then, you know, that spring cross countries fall, but outside of school, you don't really see that often unless you're a pro, but we'll assume everyone here is not a pro runner. (laughs) Um, So yeah, it's really interesting because when I first wanted to run an ultra, I didn't know this at the time, but one of my friends told my best friend that when I discovered climbing and Roy, he was like, she's not going to train for her race. Like she's not going to do it. (laughs) I'm glad I didn't know at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, wow, how rude. But I think it just, (laughs) it's like that mentality that you can climb all year, you can run all year and it's so foreign to everyone to be like, well, these months I'm going to focus on running instead of climbing. And then I'll focus on climbing instead of running. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, I have my outdoor season and then I have to be in the gym. And then I go outdoors again and then I have to be in the gym. <laughs> yep. hundred percent. And yeah, for me, like I adore trail running. If I am like stuck with pavement, I'm like, mm, maybe we're going to like skip today until I can go beyond the trails. Like it's just another way of being outside. I think that's, mm-hmm. that's not climbing. Like for me, yeah. like I can really only climb so many days, like honestly, two, two days in a row for me <laughs> after that, I'm like, Ooh, I like, I start to get like a little tweaky and like, I know I'm not recovering as well. So like trail running for me is a way to just like get outside, appreciate, be in nature, still feel really connected and like use my body in a way that feels like beneficial I usually for me anyway I feel like refreshed after my runs because I don't go like that far I'm just like okay let's go far enough to like Mm -hmm. you know get get the benefits and then we'll like call it good after that but I usually feel so much better on approaches and hiking when I've been running like I can tell right away I'm like okay this crash pad feels like 50 pounds heavier (laughs) if I haven't been running yeah yeah people I feel like forget that And whenever someone says running can't go with climbing, it's always like, well, do you walk to your boulders or your sport routes? Because I crawl, you know, running helps with that. (laughs) (laughs) You get get, like lifted in. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's a funny concept. People forget that like running is just fast walking. Like they're the same thing basically. (laughs) Right. And then, you know, with the strength component as well, you being a strength coach. So doing things like the deadlifts, the squats, Mm -hmm. those other like trunk and core strengthening exercises. I think those are all super important. So one thing, as I'm talking, I think people are maybe going to start to realize like, okay, yes, like running. Okay. That might sound cool, but I think a lot of people are really prone to this. Okay. I'm already doing all this climbing training. I'm just going to add, you know, running on top of it. So what would be kind (laughs) of like your suggestions there to somebody listening to this being like, okay, yeah, you've, you've convinced me, you've got me. I'm going to try the running thing. (laughs) Um, oh, I guess it's highly individual. Just like, I feel like every response on every podcast ever. Um, but definitely don't add in too much running because that increase in activity could cause you to overtrain and burn out. So you want to be smart about adding your running. Um, If you're completely new to running, I would say maybe starting with like two days a week spread out, um, like maybe 20 ish minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, and it really depends on your background because some people could go out for longer and some people would benefit more from like a run walk variation versus just a straight running. Um, and 
Also make sure that you increase your food intake if you're adding in more activity, because that is super important for recovery and for energy, um, which is another way climbing and running are similar because we all need our carbs and everyone forgets. Yes. I'm so glad you mentioned that honestly, because yeah, I know I was prone to this quite a few years ago when I was in the mentality of like, Oh, if some is good, more is better. Like, you know, I'm just (laughs) going to keep adding workouts and adding things on top of each other. I think at one point I was like legitimately training for an Ironman and training for climbing at the same time. And then I was like in college. So I was biking everywhere to like get my groceries, to go to classes. And Mm -hmm. I was like a walking skeleton. And I like had no idea because I like had all this body dysmorphia. And I was like, no, like I'm just hungry and I'm tired all the time. But like, I think I need to work out more and just like, I probably don't need to eat food. Like, so it's a good reminder (laughs) to people like you do actually need the food and carbohydrates are actually the thing that are going to help fuel your exercise. Like it took me a really long time to get that one in my brain too like carbs are oh yeah carbs are fuel for our bodies I know it's still I feel like such a struggle in the world especially as women because you know everything that's targeted towards us is like low fat don't eat carbs like what am I supposed to eat then right (laughs) straight protein yeah but that's that's not either (laughs) marketed towards us um so I feel like a lot of the women I work with they like, obviously I'm not a nutritionist, so I don't know details of their eating. I can't recommend details. Um, but I feel like protein intake could be a lot higher. Mm-hmm. And I Agreed. feel like that's a safe assumption. For yeah, most no, women. I totally agree. And like for us, just kind of recognizing that, like that general information that's out there, the health and nutrition information, like they're generally not talking to athletes. They just aren't, mm-hmm. you know, and like, we're just this really special subset of the population that like, it's, it's hard not to listen to the conditioning, but you just have to remind yourself, like, just go experiment, just, you know, try to eat a little bit, quote, higher carb and higher might mean something a little bit different to me than it does to you, than it does to somebody else but just experiment adding things in some white rice. Maybe it's like sweet potatoes. You know, there are so many like delicious options out there. I'm pretty sure I could just survive just on carbs. Um, A fun (laughs) side note, um, I actually had my chart read, my human design chart by a human design expert. And she was actually telling me there's certain aspects of your chart that you can look at and see if you, your body does better running on carbs, fat, or protein. And I was like mind blown. I know. So apparently I have the fat and carbs, like they're called gates that I do really well with and protein. I can go either way. And I was like, maybe I should try that out. Like just go like pretty high carb and pretty high fat and just like see how it goes. Obviously I'm not going to like neglect protein, but I was just like, Ooh, that would be, I think something fun to experiment with. Like it's worth it. If you hate it, go back to what you were doing before. Yeah. I feel like that experimentation is important in your nutrition. And it's also important in like your training schedule. Um, So like what you were saying, like how to add in running with your climbing, like play around with it, find out what works and like which days you have more energy to do both if you want, or like which days you want to substitute running instead of climbing. And also make sure to always have a rest day. I forgot to mention that. 
but very important rule over here. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So for the people that are, that are trying to do both, you know, we've, we've, I said this before, but like working with a coach is a really great way to make sure that you're doing pretty much the, the minimum required to get results. Not, and we're not mm-hmm. going past that. You know, a coach is like you said, you're like, okay, if you do a 50 K on this day, like, please don't go to the gym until this day. Like a coach is going to keep you accountable to that, help you to not get injured and help you to actually reach the goals that you have without like letting you get in your own way. For me, that's like mm-hmm. why I love having a climbing coach. I, I I'm like, yes, please like help me. I'm, you know, left to my own vices. I would probably just go like way overboard and she helps me really stick on track. But for those types of people that are like, okay, you know, maybe I am going to do a running session and a climbing session in a day. How many rest days a week do you think? And yes, everybody's, you know, very individual, but what would your minimum suggestion be? Um, minimums definitely one. I find that it really depends on like how much training you're used to because so I personally only take one rest day and I'm used to running and climbing in the same day or like running and lifting in the same day. But there are weeks where like on the second climbing day, I feel so tired and then I just take a second rest day. So it's all about listening to your body and knowing your body. Um, which is something I've been really trying to teach my athletes, especially because I know I mentioned this to you when we talked about this podcast, a lot of us have perfectionist tendencies and that can be a real struggle when you're trying to run or climb and especially both. Yes. Like, okay. The people that have the schedule, my boyfriend is like this, like no matter how he feels, if the training is on the schedule, he's going to do it. And for me, Mm -hmm. I'm like, I have cramps and I don't feel good. So it's not happening today. And like, I applaud him for being able to do that. But I really do think that like, it's a skill set to be able to check in with your body and then not only check in, but be able to listen and then not guilt trip yourself. Like if you need another rest day, you need another rest day. And honestly, you're going to get stronger from taking that rest day than like beating your body farther down into like that recovery pit. Do you see that a lot with people is like, they they're trying to progress, they're trying to get better and they just like, won't let themselves. Yes. Yes. 100%. And I feel like obviously I work primarily with runners. So it's been in the running community for as long as I've been in it. Um, So I like to switch between like mile-based training and time-based training, depending on if we're on roads or trails, or like if I know a particular athlete, (laughs) if they'll, like, if I give them a certain mileage, if they will go to that mileage, no matter what, I might switch them to time. Um, But I also like to make notes so they know, like, if this feels like shit, cut it short. Like, you still got some running in. You're still working towards your goals, but pushing past. I mean, obviously, there's certain levels that you should push past, like for the mental toughness. But like, Mm -hmm. if you're in pain or if you're really stressed, that's a big one that people don't realize. Like, it might not be worth it to go on a three hour run. Like, maybe just do a half hour and call it a day. Right. And like, however far you got is how far you got. I really like Mm -hmm. one of my friends introduced this concept to me of like doing like a 45 minute base building, like whatever it is, like you walk or you jog or you run in those 45 minutes. And like the goal is not distance. And for me, I was like, my mind was 
like breaking essentially it was like oh my god this is a whole new way of doing things and it like took so much stress and pressure off and like it was honestly way more fun because I felt like I had permission to like if I really needed to walk instead of just like slogging through it especially on the uphills I'm like I am barely moving right now like it's actually probably gonna be quote faster to just like walk up this and like it was a much more enjoyable experience and my relationship with running and with cardio was way better after that. Yeah. Yeah. Especially on trails. I like to use the time-based training because I mean, like you were just saying, like, depending on your trail, if you're going straight up a mountain, you're not going to get as far in two hours as if you're on a flat trail. So, and then if you try to go the same distance, the level of stress in that run is so much more than we originally planned. So it doesn't even make sense on trails. And it does take a lot of the pressure off. Like, oh, I have to run 20 miles today or like I have to run five hours. That still doesn't sound much better, but trust me. Right, right. (laughs) It can be. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about kind of like we, we have addressed the myths that you can't do both at the same time, but I think it really is just like picking your priority and then being able to have some guidance. Like, you know, you said you bought a book and you were able to do that. I know you also work with people. So for people, you know, wanting to go from like, okay, I have like a little bit of this base. I maybe want to do my first 50 K. What are kind of like your first steps with them? Ooh, So first steps is definitely to look at the training they've done before and to see like where they are in the process. Um, And then from there, it's kind of planning out how long they would need to ramp up to the 50K. Um, Because obviously you don't want to ramp up from like 15 miles a week to 35 miles a week in a short period of time. And especially if we're adding in any climbing or lifting or other activities. So it's really taking a look at everything together and building out. Um, so I build out like a long range plan to get to the race and then break it into blocks, like training blocks. Um, and then from there, it's taking every two weeks at a time and then updating as we go based on how the runner is feeling, how they're recovering, how the schedule's working out. So it's a lot of adjusting based on that big picture, mm-hmm. but the big picture helps a lot because you can see like where you're going, how far out it is, what the progress is. So, yeah, I love it. And that's something that you can't get from a book, you know, following mm-hmm. a training plan in a book either is like, all you have is the plan right there. You know, there's no adjusting for stress levels for if you get sick, if you're like, okay, my shins are like kind of hurting. Cause I know for me, that's like my telltale sign that I increased mileage way too fast is like, Uh oh my God, I can barely walk. Like that's yeah, why it's so beneficial to have somebody looking over what you're doing. And then also, I mean, you've done many of these at this point. So you're able to like guide people through this process. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, that's exciting. That's yeah. It's, it's so good for people to have support through that as well. Like I can only imagine it's similar to like doing your first big climbing trip. Like you're kind of nervous, but you're also excited. You're wondering if you're prepared enough, like, did I do all of the things? Like, how's it going to go? And it's, you know, it's probably going to be hard, but at the end it's going to like, it's Mm going to be so worth it. Yeah, definitely. And that actually reminded me of something else that is similar between the two. So like for both, obviously like climbing trip or like big race, you prepare for so many months, you do all the training and then like day of, you just kind of have to trust 
that you did everything you could and that it's all going to work out. But then also so many factors on that day affect how it'll go, which kind of sucks, honestly. But (laughs) at that point, it's like, if you fail at like, so when I was going into my 50 K, I was thinking I've done the training. If I don't complete this race, it's probably because of like my stomach is rebelling and I literally am vomiting or whatnot and can't go on. Or like I hurt myself, like something extreme like that, that I can't control, which really helped me have a sense of calm going to the race, even though it was still terrifying. But I think that helps with everyone's first big race or big climbing trip too, because there's always things out of your control. But if you put in the work, you're, you're well prepared. Right. Like just surrendering, like in the end, Mm -hmm. you did everything that you could. And like, it's this illusion of control that we want, but like, we just, we really like, we don't have very much, like you can do the things and then, yeah, like it can be like pouring rain one day, or maybe it's like super Mm -hmm. hot and humid and it wasn't supposed to be like, yeah, there are just a lot of factors that like we have no control over. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So if people want to learn more about you, I know you also have a podcast. Where do you hang out on the social medias the most? So most of the time I'm on Instagram at coaching Klutz. Uh, I also dabble in the TikTok. What's my handle there? Kelly Lutz underscore four. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> um, but if you follow Instagram reels, you'll probably see the same thing. So pick one or the other. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I'm, I'm like a Instagram all the way type of person. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're fun to dabble in, um, but definitely focus more on Instagram. And then, like you said, I have a podcast myself and it's called What's What with Klutz. And I tried to release an episode weekly. I've been on schedule for a bit now. <laughs> it happens. You have a lot of big life events coming up. Um, Kelly yeah. getting married, just moved into like a new house, getting a new job. Like there's a lot <laughs> happening here. So we're, we're going to give you the benefit of the doubt that like you're already doing a lot of things. And like your athletes, you give yourself permission to take a break sometimes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I love it. And I will also link to the blog post that you mentioned as well. So people can check out your website. And I know you have something really exciting coming out by the time this podcast airs, it might already be out. So can you tell people what it is? This is for brand new runners. So people yes. that are interested in getting started running, but want a little bit more instruction and structure to actually get started. Yeah. So I've been working on it for months now. Um, It's called Ready to Run. So if anyone has been following me, they've probably seen me talk about it, but it is a program for beginner runners. And it could also be for someone who has taken a long time off of running or who has never run consistently before, but has like randomly gone on some runs, you know, dabbled in running, we'll say. Um, So my goal with this program was to provide a ton of information. So we go over everything from the energy systems behind running, running form, running mechanics, um, mindset, nutrition, running myths, mobility exercises, stretching, warming up, um, how to alter the plan to your lifestyle, because there is a 12 week plan included. Um, Obviously it won't be customized to you because I'm creating it for everyone, but I'm hoping with the chapter of how to alter it, that will help a lot. 
And I will also be having VIP spots so that you can upgrade to have my semi-supported program, which is a customized 12-week training plan, plus two Zoom check-ins with me throughout the 12 weeks. So you can really get a specialized treatment. I love that. Yeah. Having that higher touch support is so key, but I'm really glad too, that you like walk people through how to customize it even further to themselves. Like I think having that knowledge is it's very empowering for people to be able mm-hmm. to like, if, if you're the type of person that you're like, okay, I'm excited about this goal. I'm going to try to DIY it, you know, with a little bit of like structure and support and see how far I can get. And if I want some extra help, that option's available too. Yeah. Yeah. It should be great. I'm really excited about it. Um, yeah, I can't wait to see what people think. I know I'm really excited for this to come out. I know you've been working (laughs) super hard on this. It's been a labor of love. It's going to be very comprehensive. Like Kelly was telling uh, me and the other people in Ignite, everything that's going to be in it. And we're like, oh my God, that is like the (laughs) beginner's guide to running. Like this is like the, it's like the Bible. Like this is what you need to get started. I'm, I'm excited for this to come out. Yeah, I think. Last time I checked, so Abby um, Abby is doing my design work, and last time I looked at it, I think we're up to like 80 pages, so <laughs> lots of information, yeah. Oh, I love she's it. She's been oh, a godsend. Yeah. Oh, for real. We love, we love Abby here. Um, she's also the one that edits the podcast. So it's, it's, yeah, we, we love her. So thank you so much for coming on this show. I will link to where people can learn more about you. And this was so great to be able to have you on to talk about running, how it can fit with climbing, how to do it the smart way. Is there anything else that you want to let people know before we hop off? Ooh, um, I guess I just would like everyone to know that they should ditch their perfectionism because it's not serving them and just give yourself a lot more grace and deal with the stress in your life because it's affecting your training more than you think. These are words of wisdom. (laughs) It's very true and very accurate. Like, I don't think I've ever seen anyone that I'm like, you should be harder on yourself. Like, that would be a really good thing for you. Like, no, it's the opposite. Give yourself a break. Take an extra rest day. Your body mm-hmm. will thank you. You'll probably actually get better at the thing you want you that you're doing too. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much, Kelly. Thank you for having me. Hopefully you enjoyed this week's episode. And if you did, please leave a rating review and subscribe to help others find this podcast. And if you want to connect further, you can find me on Instagram at coaching online at www.coachingclutz.com or send me an email at kelly at coachingclutz.com. Thanks for listening.